0: Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. I am so excited to talk about the cool world of boxing and fitness and women's empowerment and motivation and all the cool stuff that you've been doing for like at least the past, you know, what, 20 years or so. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about how you got into what you're doing and all the cool people that you're working with and just what you have going on? Oh my goodness! Thank you. That's a loaded question. <laughs> it always I appreciate is. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Um, okay, so yes, almost 30 years in fitness and self improvement and behavior. I began as a school teacher. I was a teacher in inner cities and lockdown facilities and detention centers. And my one of my secret sauces was to allow the kids to fight and no one jump in, and it was one on one. And I disintegrated the bullying and the fightings, which was really great. And I didn't know anything about boxing. I just knew behavior and how to make things work and studied philosophy and was a big pragmatist. And I was a uh, fitness instructor after school. Every day I would teach school and go after school. And then I met my ex-husband and he was working the door in a club. I was only 20 years old and I was a school teacher. And he was coming home from work and I was going to work and we were trying to figure out what he was going to do for a business. And he was going to do an English pub, a bowling alley, or a boxing gym. And I didn't get the boxing part. Yeah. (laughs) And well, they had torn down the original Fifth Street gym, which Muhammad Ali trained at. And he used to go there. And that was like, he was like, oh, they should have boxing again in Miami beach. So, but I didn't know anything about boxing. This is almost 30 years ago. And I just knew fitness. So I heard gym and I was like, oh yeah, I'm in fitness. I was, obsessed with fitness. So it was a perfect alignment and then way more perfect alignment when I got that boxing is what I did in the schools without knowing it was called boxing. So the serendipity of my whole life was I got to meld everything together over the last 25 years, the kids, the anti-bully, the boxing, the transformation, the fitness, the education. And now I'm writing a book on boxing and life according to the rules of boxing. So it's all about bobbing and weaving and sticking and moving and transforming lives. The people's lives get transformed through boxing. It's so instantaneously amazing how quick people turn around from it because of the one-on-one and because they're pushing past their limits and because they thought they were coming in for one thing and get so much other stuff. So, you
0: know, I think in general, like, and, and, um, I think in general, when we maintain the body, like our vessel, and when we um, tap into that space of empowerment and resiliency and just kind of all of that stuff, it's transformational. It's it's life-changing when we realize all that we are as the being that we are. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I say my line is self-care is your superpower.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. And one of the things that I really liked that I was thinking about as you were talking is the fact that you describe all of the things kind of stacking on to, um, to where you are now. And I think that a lot of times, you know, especially when we're kind of stuck in a rut, we think, Oh, this is, you know, this is my path. This is all there's going to be for me. What it is is what it is. Um, This is what I've chosen, you know, rather than kind of saying like, hey, all the life experiences that you've had in the past contribute to where you are going. Like that doesn't mean you stop and you're stuck. It means it adds on and it becomes a part of the next experience. And I think it really helps build, um, build on to to how we show up for others and how we can contribute to society and things like that.
1: For sure. I couldn't imagine. You know, I guess that's the difference of someone who has a job versus someone that has a passion for life. Right. So the passion is the stacking. I couldn't imagine being like, yeah, I work at this restaurant and then I work for this seamstress over here. You know, like such a different thing that's unrelated. So for sure, stacking is important. That's how you become an expert in your field. And, you know, I think mastery is a fallacy anyway. We're always chasing mastery. But you become the most masterful that you could be, you know, other than it, you know, you got to keep chasing it. But it's a lot. uh, It's funny. My mom had a sign in our house. It's better to do one thing perfectly than nothing perfect at all. So. I really like to work on my strengths and do what I'm good at. And exactly stack stack is so important. It just makes it that much more of an expert in that area. Like it's niched,
0: you know, you talk about the, um, that winning doesn't come with excuses. Can you explain that to me?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, Winning doesn't come with excuses. Well, that's for sure, because how could you make an excuse and win? Did I say that? I I say everything. It's hilarious. (laughs) I mean, all over my gym, I have quitters never win. But of course, winners don't make excuses. It's I'm on my chapter. One of my rules is willingness to sacrifice. So that's the rule I'm actually on right now. And Mike Tyson talks about that. And you have to be willing to do what no one else will do to win. Right. So. Of course you can't have excuses. Excuses are like you're not going to have results.
0: And, and this is an interesting concept because, like, I, I, try to, I, I try to teach my son, like, go in it to win it, but it's not always about winning. And that you learn sometimes a lot more from your losses, I think, than you do from your wins. I I, I think that. I think that any time I've fallen short, I've learned more about what I didn't do right, should have done better, could have done differently, you know, then I do when I just like sail through it or win it or whatever.
1: Well, because there's nothing for you to learn there, really, right? You already sailed through it. The learning was done. It's, if you evaluate and look back and you smooth sail, then the learning was retained, right? Learning is keeping the synapses going and keeping the memories. So for sure you get it from the, the I don't know, I don't want to say about the failures, but the ones that you don't win. For Sure, because you want to say what's missing, the presence that would make a difference. What have me not win?
0: <clears throat> so, so tell me, so tell me how boxing is transformational for people. Tell me in the ways it changes lives.
1: Oh my god, so imagine I have 101 rules, I'm sure I'll have other volumes with more rules. But boxing is a sport where it's one on one, nobody is coming to save you. There is one person, you can't escape, you can't get out the ring, you can't run away. And you're dealing with you. You're not dealing with the opponent, right? You're dealing with the voices in your head that get louder and louder. Um, it's funny. Will Smith trained here for the Ali movie and he said the keys to life are running and reading and running to beat the voice in your head. So, but that's anything that you push past your limits and you got to beat the voice in your head. Um, and boxing is, so first of all, it makes you strong. It empowers you. It shows you self defense and teaches you you could fight and defend yourself. So all of that is in strong arena. And for me, being an educator my whole life, I don't really – I don't think kids need to learn World War II and history and all that. We have Google. They can look up anything in five minutes. To waste a whole four school years putting them through that is crazy to me. I think that – to me, strength and confidence is everything. When you're strong and you're confident, you can figure anything out. So that's what I like to, I always start with that. I make people strong, right? Everywhere you go, there you are. If they have a weak mind, they got a weak body, they got a weak body, they got a weak mind. I'm very into like get up and do it now. So boxing is a very strong sport and you're either on the bottom or you're on the top. And if you're not on the bottom, you better fight hard to get up. So everything that a boxer does is super intense and super hard and it's in the arena of, Do it because others won't. So I have, like, my rules are, like, don't be a follower and train to win. Funny you just said that. Be intentional. See everything. Be resilient. Believe it, then you'll see it. You know, they really have to generate themselves. They don't have a team. They have to get in there, spotlights, everyone thinking. And you have to be on the day you say so. So that's the hardest part for any professional athlete, right, to be optimal when they say so. Like, some days you're tired, some days you're not, but you can't be that as a professional So there's so much in boxing. I mean, also in boxing, every pound of your body is used to generate power. And no other sport do you get weighed in like that. So no other sport are you using such power and noticing you have such power because you're generating power. And what's better than power? That's transformational. When you get strong and you get powerful, you're transformed.
0: I think it's important, too, for people to realize that power – you know power is something that is within us and where we get into sticky situations is when we give our power away and need to take it back <laughs> i think i think if we realize that our power is within and always there um it's a lot more powerful you know for sure
1: for sure i agree it- that's another one of my rules is own your own power. Exactly. Because the second you give it away, you got none. <laughs> um,
0: talk to me about the gym that you've got and 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 the kind of people that come through there. I mean, I know that you've had Will Smith. You've had a lot of different um, celebrity everybody. athletes, all of that. Talk to me a little yeah. bit about that.
1: So, yeah, everybody. I've lived... 23 years I have my gym, and every Muhammad Ali's at birthdays here, and every boxer trained here, retired here, like Roy Jones, Bernard Hopkins, Roberto Duran, Lennox Lewis. We just have Mike Tyson. He's going to be writing the foreword to my book. So, yeah, it's great. I'm around heroes, <laughs> living <laughs> legends that grow from adversity. So they're like lotus flowers.
0: So how do you feel about MMA? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's great.
1: I it, I went to Pride back in the day, which was in Japan, and UFC bought Pride, where they used to be able to stomp on your head and jump down and hit an elbow on your head, and they had, like, crazy no rules, and that was in Japan, and then UFC bought it and took over, and MMA got, like, you know, MMA's great in the sense that it's... People think like people come in my gym and they go, do you have MMA? Which is like hilarious because MMA is just taking two martial arts and mixing up. It's mixed martial arts. So it's like right. if you come from a boxing, background or, from a boxing <clears throat> background or you come from a boxing background or you come from Jeet Kune Do. There's a billion different uh, arts of mar- martial arts. So I don't love – I'm a boxing in my heart. Totally. Boxing is in my heart. I hate the pro sport of boxing now. I hate that they're putting like Connor McGregor with – Mayweather, They might as well put like Tiger Woods with Mayweather. They're like mixing sports. So I don't like that.
0: Oh, really? It's
1: ridiculous. Oh, no, I don't even want to watch it. I'm a boxing fan, so I love boxing. I think boxers who deserve a chance to fight are the ones who should be fighting Mayweather. To me, like Conor McGregor, that's not even legal for him to fight because there's no – you're not allowed to have an eight-round fight till you have a four-round fight. You can't have a 12-round fight till you have a 10-round fight, and they just put him into a 12-round fight with having no boxing fights.
0: So they break the rules. Well, what the, heck is, what the heck is Conor McGregor then? What's he? I thought he was a boxer.
1: No, he wants to be a boxer now. He's the UFC guy.
0: Oh, he was UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, he where Mayweather, Mayweather is a boxer.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that was the big
0: deal, that he was coming over to yeah. the boxing
1: He was the first one that did that. Now I'm a little okay with it because they're calling them all exhibitions and they're creating fight cards with exhibitions in them. But I think it's kind of diluting and diluting the sport and disrespectful to the sport because they're just putting anyone in there to say like, Hey, I can beat you, which they're going to prove another one of my roles is experience mostly wins. So it's insulting to think you can get in there with someone that's had a hundred amateur fights or 200 amateur fights and 40 professional fights. And you're from like tennis or something else. You're not going to win. It's, it's, it's just a wrong match. So I don't like it. Uh, but that's the beauty of boxing, right? Because it's, it started the rich man taking advantage of the poor kid. And, and like you said, you learn more from your, your failures. That's where you get the beauty. If everything was so beautiful, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know it was beautiful. It would be monotonous. There would be no contrast. So there's so much crap in boxing that you see the beauty of it because it shows up. <laughs> Light shows up in dark. So it's a beautiful sport. The boxers are heroes. They they work hard, they they have grit, they they're trained like maniacs everywhere they go there, they are, all of that. It's the management and the promoters that are jerks and scum and they
0: take advantage of the fighters. Right? Because you know, there the core, hasn't really been a good boxing movie since like Rocky. Yeah, Southpaw was good. Oh, Creed what about that good. one with uh Hillary was Swank? Too. Hillary Swank, oh, yeah. that was a good yeah. one. Yeah, what well, she's uh
1: where she broke her neck, Right. But Creed was great. I you know, you can't watch a YouTube video. There is like no YouTube motorversity Motivation video. I don't think I've ever watched a Motivation video on YouTube or Self Help or Les Brown or any of those people that talk Motivation where you don't see boxing in the background of the, of the video. It's just the vision for overcoming adversity, for winning, for being the champion. It's just the picture. Right. Yeah. It's kind of
0: interesting, huh?
1: It, it it makes sense, though, because what they have to go through to get to it is a hero. They're heroes. I'm doing it 24 years. I can't even begin to do it. I only align with Tyson because I'm such a boxer in life. Like, I, I'm very, I apply all the rules of boxing to my life, but he's such a boxer in the ring. Oh, my God. So to keep your eyes open in a car crash is unbelievable. They don't have helmets on like football players. And they don't have a team around them. They're, like, bobbing. They're dodging, like, imagine getting attacked by – you look at the stats, it'll be, like, 90 punches landed in one round. People can't even handle one punch. They got 90, and then they got 11 more rounds to go. <laughs> so it's what about the balance. fact
0: that people say, like, why would you sign up to get the crap kicked out of you? People say that? Yeah. Pe-
1: yeah, well, it's a sport. I mean, why would you sign up to get the crap yeah. – people don't sign up to get the crap beat out of them, by the way, because the people that are signing up are super trained and super experienced to not not get hit, but to be uncomfortable and to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations, to be able to take a punch and roll with it and hit back. So they don't just get beat up, but they like it. Number one. Number two, they were they had no choice, right? They weren't like a doctor or a lawyer. They weren't educated so much when they were younger. They came from adversity. Most of the kids that are good boxers and the legends of boxing came from the streets. They had a box because they had no money. They had no choice. They had a fight. Um, It's very rare. Someone that has so much opportunity is going to say, I want to go box. You know, it's more of the kid from off the street. So it boxing is where they turn boys into men and they have them in the army and, you know, the kid that gets in trouble or bullied in school or is having trouble, and they start young. It, nobody starts old, and nobody that's that's uh, well-known starts old. Anyone that walks in over 20, I'm like, you're too old. You can't go into football and basketball or any. I don't know why people think they could just get into boxing. People get in at 7, at 8, at 9, at 10. And at those ages, they are in adversity, and they do need this type of martial arts in their life that will give them discipline and humility and – uh, how to get along with others and touch gloves and respect and honor and all of that, that comes in martial arts. And for me, boxing, I don't, I haven't done
0: any the others. Um, you tell me a little bit about, you tell me a little bit about how to remove barriers. Everybody's got these barriers in life. They've got these things that hold them back from being like the greatest versions of themselves. Uh, I, yeah. I think okay, that. Cool.
1: Yeah. Well, we're all in our own way, right? That's why I say everywhere we go, there we are. And the only thing that's ever in our way is us, right? Because nobody's over there. So barriers, my advice to people and what I teach them is to have a very strong command voice, right? So your actions need to align with your commitments. And when you have a barrier, like something's in the way, you have to, well, first of all, like I have barriers every day, like I want to multitask and we all know that's not so efficient. So I talk to myself, Jolie, one thing at a time, move your stuff over, one thing in front of your face. Like I have a good interjection command voice that moves these things out of my way because otherwise I have things in my way. So I'm clear that I don't want things in my way. I don't want me in my way. And when things aren't working as they're supposed to, or as desirable, or as I want them to, I stop and, and evaluate and reflect and interject. So People that want to move barriers, first of all, they created the barriers to begin with, right? Because lack of integrity, where did the barrier come from? So like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym Monday and then they don't go. And then the next day they don't go. So lack of self-confidence is self-neglect. Don't neglect yourself. So that's why I say self-care is your superpower, because I believe when you are really into self-care, you don't have barriers. When you meditate twice a day and you honor getting to know yourself, you don't have barriers because when they show up, you can punch them out of the way. You move them. You're like, oh, there that is again. You're not so clueless to what's coming up. So I recommend meditating and having good morning and evening routines and being healthy and mind, body and spirit. And then you don't get in your way and working harder on yourself than you do on your job. What's your day look like? So my morning routine is crazy. I have three hours for myself. I don't have children. So anyone that has children can then go like, she doesn't have children. Yes, they are right. That's why I work with parents so much because I have much passion for parents because yes, it's a whole other ballgame when you have children. Um, so my morning routine, I get up at like five. I meditate for an hour and a half. I stretch and like get into parasympathetic and make sure I'm really relaxed and I work my diaphragm and I had 11 herniated discs from a motorcycle accident, so I really work on recovery in my wow. bookends, my morning and my evening routine. So I meditate an hour and a half, I stretch, I juice every single day 32 ounces of celery. That's after I drink my water with lemon. Um, I then check my emails and then I start bobbing and weaving. Then I have a lot, you know, I have tons of kids because I have a kids' charity, which they come today. And I serve a lot. I'm on the day County. I'm the day partner for the schools. I help teachers teach. I'm just like a servant. I love serving. I love making a difference with people. I love making their day better. I love everyone leaving better than when they walked in. And it's not like an act and it's not like a mission. It's just really who I am. So I, like how I said, I get to stack. I get to just be me in life. I literally don't have to have a, another job or a title my whole gym looks like me. It's all a reflection of me. So I just really get to be me. It's kind of like I don't work because I do what I love to do. So then in the, then I get to my gym. Then I work out. Then I be with people all day because all day people are thanking me. Oh, my God, I lost all this weight! Thank you so much. You changed my life. And then I teach a workout, sometimes live. Then I'll work with the people at night or I go to some meetings or I do these podcasts. Um, and that's it.
0: Wow. And so what things, so what things in life are you working on? Like in the way of your self care? No, like, yeah. Like in your, in your emotional health, like what, what are your barriers? What are you working through?
1: Yeah, a lot. So, um, right. We're always working on ourselves. So I do a lot of meditation. I did all of Joe Dispenza's because
0: he healed his
1: back. Yeah. So I did all his work, all of it. And, um, he healed his back from the meditation. So that's originally why I got into it because they wanted me to have fusion surgery immediate. They were like I couldn't even walk. So the like just as of like last December I got okay. But for 2 years I was barely moving. Every day I was on my floor. So my barriers are a lot. Not surrendering to the doctor and the medical system and knowing that I have everything inside of me to heal. Knowing a barrier also is reminding myself that everything is easier said than done, and I have to do the work to get there. You know, so I surrender and I give myself time to, you know, if I want to complain or I want to bitch or I'm like, oh my God, this is such a nightmare, I give myself a time frame two minutes, three minutes. How long am I going to feel sorry for myself? And then I get up and I start moving because it's a lot to do. So, um, my barriers used to be I was a night eater, so but I did my NLP master practitioner license and got rid of that issue through loving my inner child. Sometimes I wanted to be bad and just eat at night. Now I don't do that. Um, I
0: really. Wait, describe that. Wait, what? So you would eat at night due to your so inner child.
1: Bidder- well, due to an imposter syndrome, you know, like everyone's like, Oh, you're so great. I hear I'm so great all day. And then I go home and I'm like, I'm not as great as you think. And then I would eat everything in my house. So I was a night eater. And then I look good. Uh-huh. I'm fit. Cause I work out all the time. So everyone's like, Oh, you're so fit. And inside I'd, I get to validate the imposter syndrome, right? I get to like, you don't know me. I'm not as great as you think I am. And it's the games we play with ourselves, right? The the children that are running the show inside of us. So I hated eating at night, right? Who wants to work out four hours injured? I train like a maniac and then I eat the whole kitchen. So how I solved that was, yes, loving my inner child. I did a parts integration. There's something in NLP going like a part of me wants to do this and a part of me wants to do that. There's no such thing because you're one whole person and I integrate the parts, right? So which part of me? Well, one part of me wanted to be bad and I wanted to eat the cookies at night. And then the other part of me wanted to go stretch and then I wouldn't stretch. So, I'm very big on integrity and I'm very clear that wherever your life is not working, integrity is not present. So I had no integrity in those areas, but knowing didn't make a difference. It wasn't going away. So when I did the work of my inner child and really loving that little girl inside that just wanted to be bad, (laughs) it wasn't a big deal. It got to not hold me anymore. And eating didn't become a big deal anymore. I didn't have to be like, Oh my God, I'm going to be bad. It wasn't It wasn't restraining me anymore. It it just collapsed and fell off because I was okay with being bad. And it's not being bad. It's okay. Like, it was all okay. So when you ask me about barriers, aside from, like, needing to stretch more, I'm in the best place I've ever been, and I attribute it to meditating and to really working on myself my whole life. I really am like, wow, I bust out through the barriers. When I have an issue, I do whatever it takes to solve it. I don't like to have stuff in my way. I mean, I'm writing a book about it, so i got to be it. And when you box, you punch stuff out of your way. You pivot. You move. You stick and move. So if there's a problem, I solve it pretty quick. I don't let things linger that don't empower me.
0: That's awesome. I really like that. I like that you, you know. Yeah,
1: well, who does like it? And that's the type of coach I am with people because nobody likes it, right? And then knowing doesn't make a difference. And then I ask people like, how serious are you? How badly do you want this goal? What are you going to do to get it? What have you done in the past to get it? What are you doing right now to get it? How do you know you really want it? You know, so when you you're only as great as the quality of questions you ask yourself, right? We're all equal to the quality of our conversation. So our communication is who we are. So that's really what I work with people on, is their words. Your words create your world. So people always, oh, I want to work out. I don't have time. I don't commit. So I no one
0: they, has time. They make time.
1: Exactly. Or you know, it's your priorities. And I tell people all the time, like, you don't commit. You wipe your ass, you commit. So I say crazy stuff that shocks them. So they're like, you're right, I do wipe my ass. <laughs> I am committed. So like they don't say you're not committed because you're committed to saying you're not committed so that's a good commitment you got going on right now so I mm-hmm. just let I like them to make light of their words and really choose their words wisely and I like to be that mirror for them that they are creating their world with the words and they are the one choosing these words and if they're not liking what's showing up they need to like create differently with different words
0: yeah I like that. I think words are really important and I think they're very underrated. Like, I don't think people realize how much damage their words can actually do.
1: Words are so landmark, right? That was my, my main driving force of education for me. And that's all about words and integrity. NLP, everything in behavior, everything in personal development, everything in self-improvement. All of it it begins with your word. It begins your
0: words to yourself, your words to other people. Exactly. For Sure. For sure, and it's
1: very good advice to expand your vocabulary. That's a big thing in NLP. So on my laptop, I have always the window open of thesaurus.com. So every day I look at the word of the day. I look at different words to use it. I look at using the words in my day because the more you can expand your vocabulary, the more you can visualize and be a better visionary because Mm -hmm. you have more words to describe
0: Hmm. I think I think it's I think words are so 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 important. Um. And I don't think yeah. that people realize in in what ways they damage our own self when we're talking negatively, and they damage others when we're talking negatively. Um, of course, it's Not really important. Language. How can people get a hold of you and learn about your new book and everything you've got going on?
1: So. I have southbeachboxing.com and then meet Jolie on there. I do have jolieglassman.com, but it's terrible for all you listeners. I'm redoing my website as we speak. So I have a new website that will be on in like a month. I did a whole new branding just because of COVID. And my new brand is Mind, Body, Spirit, Fit. And the fit stands for Fight for Intentional Transformation from Love. So they can get a hold of me on JolieGlassman.com or SouthBeachBoxing.com or any of the social media. I got it all for Jolie Glassman and South Beach Boxing. And my kids' charity is Jolie's Kids.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. And as always, we put everything in the show notes. So cool to talk with you. And I can't wait to read your book and everything that uh, Mike Tyson has to say. That's really rad. Yeah. Thank you so much. This
1: whole conversation, I'm looking at your cute self, this little picture of you. I'm like, she's so adorable. <laughs>
0: so thank you. Thank you so to be much. With you in the
1: little circle of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank and you. We will connect soon. Thanks so much. Bowman. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. This has been a BU find happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.